we're here. Yeah, hopefully here? we're rolling all right. We got cut off hmm. first time. I think maybe I pulled the that interface needs replaced. The thing that we actually record through. It's got some issues. Um, well, as promised, this is going to be the sixth and final question for Hell mm -hmm. to kind of end out that series. And I also, that that's not, not all that we promised. We also promised last week that this would probably be a shorter episode. Um, just because it kind of is rehashing some of the things we already said. I do think this uh, think of this as a, a sixth and final question. Yeah. Um, like a, a separate question unto itself. A little more thematic mm -hmm. than specific. Um, hopefully that's starting to make sense what I mean by that. Um, does it make sense to you yet? That um, I, we should... I mean, let me say it this way just to kind of remind, jog your memory about it. We should read the Bible thematically, not specifically. Mm -hmm. um, if you go looking for specific verses to support specific ideas, you'll oh. find them, no matter what the idea. You want to support slavery? You'll find verses to support that. Mm -hmm. You want to support eternal conscious torment in hell? You might be able to twist a couple of verses to mm -hmm. shift that. What you will not find is a thematic support of that. What you won't mm -hmm. find is a is Jesus advocating like the character and nature of Jesus, the theme of who we know Jesus to be. Yeah. We would say, well, that's not gonna. He's not gonna be cool with slavery. Right. You may be able to find specific verses. Um, he's not gonna be cool with you being sexist, mm -hmm. um, telling women that whenever they come in the church that they should shut their mouths. Like right. he, he's not gonna be okay with it. Will you find specific verses that seem to suggest something like that? Maybe. Mm -hmm. That's a really dangerous way to approach a text that is at times two thousand years old, right. and at other times ten thousand years old, um, and also has been translated from several different languages yeah. through the years into English. Um, so that's what I mean by so this this final one is thematic, but it's also specific. This is the reason I wanted to land on this one is because this is the episode where I kind of wanted to, mm -hmm. you know, do both things and say, yeah. yeah, on either end of this, I think you got a real issue. Mm. Um, do you remember any of the five questions, Megan? Um, yeah. So I far. Mean is it fair is probably the one that sticks out to me the most um and then which was thematic yeah and then um is it well that was the same one Never mind. what no just that's the same one though is it was that the yeah. same one yeah 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 i think um, I, I don't, it may have actually been two separate questions yeah in one episode but yeah, what was, was the same. first one? That was the first one. I'm trying to think myself. This was not a test for you as much as it was. The first one, we just we called it Hell Nah. Yeah. But we talked about um, exclusion. We talked about how if your concept of hell kind of revolves around I'm in and other people are out, mm -hmm. then you are in yeah. bad company in terms yeah. of the, you know, the teachings and life oh, yeah. of Jesus. Is it redemptive was one yeah, of them. That's number, that was number one. That was number one, yeah. <coughs> I believe so. Yep. I believe the I number so one too. question we asked was, does this Is even do any redeem? redeeming? Like, yeah. Or does God just have to stop being a redeemer in order to to be a torturer? Right. Or So does it redeem? Is it fair? I think that's all Number three is missing for me too. Mm. Number five was um, the... Uh, um, 
Gehenna. Mm-hmm. Number five was where we actually talked about specific, every specific hell. mention, actually, mm-hmm. in the whole New Testament, uh, where it's only found in the New Testament. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I can't the think of three times. Yeah, All right, that's pretty or good. Or the other two, at least. That's pretty good. Yeah. We go through a lot in life, all of yep. us. <laughs> um, yeah. So, all right, so let's, today. Let's get into this one. The last one. The last question we're going to ask. Just in case, um, just so we don't drive anybody totally insane here. Yeah, it's, it's um, kind of driving me insane, actually. Let me see if I can find it. Um, redemption. Is, yeah. it, is it redemptive? Uh, does it make us feel superior to others? Does our theology of mm. hell, that was the one that I just said about exclusion. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And yeah. inclusion. Like, okay. Is your theology of hell... Oh, yeah, because uh, we your did theolo- one Your theology week. of hell includes everybody who looks and sounds and believes like you do um, and excludes everyone who doesn't that's kind of suspicious yeah I'm not, it's just thematic thematically like that puts you in a in a strange camp as far as jesus is concerned doesn't mean you're wrong um is it fair mm-hmm. um is it justice and the yeah, justice one you did but the justice one is where we actually talked about um cruel and unusual punishment where we said mm-hmm. so the fairness question was about age of accountability mental oh, capacities yeah. and then the justice question was where we asked like does this punishment even fit this crime right is that even yeah, you know. know if a if a child steals a banana um and you sentence him to death we would say that's uh that's not exactly fair yeah that punishment does not just. fit that crime yeah. that's not just yet we give god uh, a pass for condemning people to hell for all of eternity for a lifetime of sin at, at sometimes maybe not even mm-hmm. a, what we would consider a full lifetime. Um, yeah. Yeah. So uh, number and then number five was it doesn't have support in the scriptures. The, the question of does is hell in the Bible? This is number six. Let's see what we got in the notes. All right. In this series of talks, we've offered you questions for hell that encourage you to consider whether your construction of hell really fits into biblical Christianity. Last week, we talked about how every time the word hell appears in whatever translation of the Bible you're using, that the actual Greek or Hebrew word that someone decided to translate that way didn't actually mean what, we, what you mean when we say hell. In the weeks I didn't proofread this one, by the way. Okay. I'm not doing video sermons from it anymore, so I'm having a hard time even thinking through like the really specific. So if you stumble across like bad sentences or oh, okay. <laughs> bad sentences... Um, in the, in the weeks before that we, in the weeks before that we challenged you to ask some big questions about the nature of God and the overall ethics of the systems that rewards you, I was going to say you, the U S that rewards us and punishes That's what them. my phone says when what? I like do the, have Siri read to me. Mm-hmm. If I have capitalized U.S., because mm-hmm. a lot of times I'll be, I'll capitalize us. Yeah. Um, and it, it, she always reads it U.S. US. She spells that one. It's a pretty. It's an abbreviation. Yeah. Um. That rewards us and punishes them. And for the sixth and final question, we'd like to point you to Jesus. All right. So here's number six. Does hell seem like something Jesus would do? Does hell seem like something Jesus? <laughs> Yeah, like I mean, does sending you to hell well, seem I just, like something? Well, I, I like it better yeah. 
the way I wrote it there, but I, but yes, that's what I mean. Mm-hmm. I even made a note right after that to say this is kind of a clunky, like strangely phrased mm-hmm. question, but, but I think it's a fair question to be asking. Does hell seem like something Jesus would do? Or do you have to create some God who's not like Jesus to do that? Or some devil who's not like Jesus to do that? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think if you do that, then you're faced with a couple of conundrums. Yeah. Um, one is like, so apparently God is not like Jesus. That's one option. Mm-hmm. The other option is apparently God doesn't really have full control because the devil is able to do something that God doesn't want him to do. Because, um, hmm. yeah, I mean, if we have a devil who does right. this and you're like, well, it's not God that does that. It's the devil. It's like, well, who lets the devil? Right. Well, right. Because Jesus doesn't want to send us to hell. It's not like he. Well, I think that's the question I'm asking. That's what you're asking. Well, I know. I, I think, think you think have that. to conclude that he does. Otherwise. Uh, yeah. He's I think letting most people do the devil with, with, with the construct, the evangelical construct of hell that we were, you know, that, that I think is the most prevalent among American evangelicals. That's Jesus mostly does send people to hell. Mm-hmm. Even, even if, cause this is just me, you know, just thinking again out loud, like just being the devil's advocate again. Like, it, I don't think that Jesus wants to send everyone to hell. That's not, I've never thought that, um, like that's just what he, yeah. But what I have believed is that he's given us a choice and that if you don't choose it then he that's this is your one chance Mm -hmm. like you get this one chance and then if you don't choose then you have to go to hell um take away all of the other scenarios that we've talked about up to this point like well what if because we've had to come up with these other things then to be like well if you don't get to choose, what if you don't get a chance to choose? Well, you get to go to heaven then. Or what if you don't, like, oh, yeah, so. Yeah, like if you don't live long enough to choose or if your right. brain doesn't work in the ways that would make it right, possible for right. you to. And so once you, and I think once I started asking those questions, that's when it was like, oh, well, okay. Well, if he doesn't want to send everyone to hell, then then why do some people go to hell for yeah. Well, and, and uh, also like with the line that you're drawing and I'm just kind of, I'm just going to play it out to its most logical. It's probably more for a conversation of the next week, but. <clears throat> Maybe, but just to draw it out to its most logical conclusion, um, the, the best gift that evangelicals could offer the world in this scenario, if we start saying like, well, I mean, if they don't know, then, you know, they're not going to be held accountable to that. And they mm-hmm. could, then the best gift we could give to the world is just shut our mouths. Right. We should just stop telling people. Yeah. We should burn the Bible and get rid of, and then nobody would be held accountable for not responding to this. Um, and what if we're nobody also, has heard, yeah. You know, and and to be really fair, and this was one thing that we did address already. A lot of people aren't saying no to Jesus; they're saying no to American evangelicalism, which at times doesn't have a whole lot to do mm-hmm. with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Doesn't really look a lot like Jesus. Like, yeah. But I will say, and this this is definitely the conversation for next week. But there. There has to be something that, yeah, that justifies sin. Has there to be judged. Ha- yeah, sin cannot go unaddressed. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 
But I'll save. We'll save that for next week. Yeah. All right. But that's um, good. That's good. Uh, I did want to. I feel like there was one other thing that you said just now that I don't know. I'll just leave it. Okay. Yeah. Um, let's. See. We promised them a shorter episode. We are encouraged as children and adults to consider what would Jesus do in every decision and action and reaction and human interaction. And then when we get to the conversation of what to do with the billions of people who live lives to, that ignore Jesus, deny Jesus, or simply don't know who Jesus is, somehow we determine that Jesus will repay them with violence. So what would Jesus do? Makes sense. We're encouraged like, hey, what would yeah. Jesus do in every scenario? And this... And our answers to that question, I mean, the reason for the bracelets, the reason for that sort of sermony style mm-hmm. construct mm-hmm. that I think is a cliche for a really good reason. Yeah. I, I still ask the question, what would Jesus yeah. do? I would in still my own wear head. the bracelet. I would still, if, yeah, I mean, yeah, I have no <laughs> issue with that. That is one little bit of um, Christian uh, like culture. Mm-hmm popular Christian culture that I've just never had an issue with. Mm-hmm. Like you want to walk around with a bracelet that literally reminds you to ask, what would Jesus do in this scenario? That seems like what a Christian should do. Yeah. That seems yeah. like what, that's exactly what a Christian should do. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that would make, would make a big difference. Yeah. Uh, if we actually yeah. did ask that question um, before we vote, before we post online, before we before do you lots of things. Yell we, at someone in the <laughs> drive through or yeah. Yeah. Yeah, asking that question. The question that I'm having, though, about hell is, do we have Jesus doing what would Jesus do? Mm. <laughs> if Jesus does hell, if Jesus repays um, those who deny him with violence, um, then Jesus doesn't do what Jesus would do. Mm. If Jesus gets angry and jealous and petty about people who don't know his name or don't go to his church or don't don't um and repays them with violence then jesus doesn't do what would jesus do um Mm -hmm. and i think that's kind of the question that i'm trying to pose does does hell seem like something jesus would do so two categories um of of you know places to ask and a little more scripture than usual here Mm -hmm. i think we should just read what jesus teaches yeah all right uh number one category number one yeah is forgive yeah, category number one is forgiveness. Like, this is a central teaching of Jesus. Yeah. What does he teach? He teaches forgiveness. Yeah. Um, where is this from? This is verse 21. What? It's Matthew. Matthew? Uh, okay. I don't remember. I'm sorry. Okay. I got... That's all right. Matthew's good enough. <coughs> um, somewhere in Matthew, verse 21. <laughs> Matthew 5? I'll find it real does quick. That sound no, right? it's not Matthew 5. Oh, that's the next one. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. Matthew 18. 18. Yep. 77 times? Or seven times? It would be, it would be, um, 70 foot, times footnoted. seven. Yeah. You know, the NIV says 77. It would be footnoted and said, and it would say, or 70 times seven. Yeah. The bottom line is they're not talking about real numbers here. Oh, really? No. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> Otherwise, I've met my my limit. Yeah. Anytime you see, I mean, there's a lot of weird number stuff throughout the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot seven of people who have. Seven is the a, number for what, though? 
um, completion. Mm. Seven is the number of, often a number of God, mm-hmm. perfection. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but in this instance, it's about completion. Okay. You know? mm-hmm. um, Most scholars believe, oh, well, here you go. Yeah. Uh, that this turn of phrase that gets translated here as 77 or sometimes as 70 times 7 um, is meant to convey both a commitment to forgive no matter how many times we're offended. So 70 times 7 means infinitely, mm-hmm. right? So Peter says, how many times should I forgive somebody? Is 7 enough? And Jesus says, no, you never stop forgiving. Right. Like that's essentially one one part of it. And then the other part is a commitment to forgive completely to, in other words, never hold a grudge, Mm. never go around continuing to punish someone for something they've done against you by holding a grudge, by holding anger, Mm. whatever. So that that's Mm. Jesus's teaching on this. Um, pretty much no one would disagree on forgiveness. Yeah. I think it'd be interesting. Yeah. Um, okay. So after the all caps part there, if you want to pick up again. Yep. The construct of hell that I walked around with, it, with <coughs> in my head for the first 25 years or so of my life. Imagine Jesus ultimately not forgiving most of humanity and holding a divine grudge against them for all of eternity. Is that true for you? Um, I mean, definitely. Yeah, I mean, it would have to translate to... Jesus, I see. I wouldn't say you that. just want you just want to dodge it. You just keep. I don't want to dodge it. I just I don't think. How do you arrive at it then? <clears throat> I've always blamed. It's always been me or us. It's never been about Jesus. It's always been we had our chance. Mm. How would how would you feel if someone else did that? Like. If if you did something that offended me mm-hmm. and you didn't even know it and I just left and you never heard from me again because I just held a grudge forever and stayed yeah. angry forever and chose not to forgive you. Maybe you called up and said, I don't know what I did, but I'm sorry. Maybe you didn't. Either way, I never forgive you. Would I be doing what would Jesus do? Would I be forgiving 70 times 7? Well, no. Okay, so why does Jesus get a pass in this hell conversation to say, well, he's allowed to do that, though, because we had our chance. Because if we did that in human terms, and human terms are even short scale, this isn't even eternity here. Mm-hmm. Why, does, why, do, why are we so willing to give God a pass to not follow the Sermon on the Mount, the Sermon on the Mount, to not follow the teachings of Jesus? Why are we so willing to say, well, what does Jesus teach about forgiveness? He teaches you always forgive completely. Mm-hmm. You forgive infinitely, as many times as you as as is necessary. Um, I guess I would I would say that you never he hold just, a grudge. Yeah, he. You don't repay evil with evil. He would stop forgiving at some point. Eventually, he would stop. He would teach us to forgive infinitely, but mm-hmm. he would not. And I think that's the if point we, yeah, that I'm making. Because whether we ask for it or not. Right. Well, that's Jesus's prayer on the cross. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Right. I mean, Jesus, Jesus's final act as a human being before he dies is to demonstrate divine forgiveness. Yeah. Can you be forgiven if you didn't ask for it, though? 
Father, forgive them for no, they know not what they do? Is this a prayer that Jesus had answered? Is that the question? Like, is that something? Did Jesus just say that? It was like, Father, forgive them for, a, for they know not what they do. Even though I know you can't do that and I can't do that. Hmm. Either Jesus is praying something that is blasphemy, um, mm-hmm. like praying something that he knows is not God's will anyways, mm-hmm. which I think raises a lot of really strange theological questions. Right. Um, or he's right. demonstrating the way the thing actually works. Mm. Okay. That you can forgive when people don't ask for forgiveness. And that's the advice we would give anybody too. Yeah. Right. We wouldn't say, we wouldn't say they didn't even ask for your forgiveness. Oh, then hold that grudge, bro. Mm-hmm. Hold that grudge forever. Take that to your grave. Even if they never come and say, I'm sorry. Yeah, we would say forgive them, right? Yeah. yeah. We wouldn't teach that. We would say, what would Jesus do? Jesus would teach you to forgive. Jesus would teach you to move on with your life. Mm-hmm. You're not punishing them. You're punishing you. And so we have div- we have this sort of divine, like God will never be happy. God will be holding a grudge for eternity. In this, but I, I don't know. I'm more interested in the hypocrisy of it. I'm more interested in the idea that I just would like to hear the side, and I've heard it, and I just don't buy it. It just doesn't work for me. But the side that teaches that God wants us to forgive 70 times 7, but He doesn't. Um, and He doesn't have to because He's God. Like, I guess that's true, but that also makes Him a hypocrite. That makes Jesus a hypocrite. <laughs> Which I, seems I mean, to be the thing that Jesus is the most upset about in life, in his life, is hypocrites. Yeah. It's yeah. people who teach one thing and do another. Yeah. You, I, I'm, so, I don't, I'm not trying to make this uncomfortable for you or push it further than you want to go. I'm just, I'm really, really curious about it, um, about how we're able to reconcile that, how anybody's able to say, yeah, well, Jesus doesn't have to forgive 70 times 7. He doesn't have to well, forgive. Well, it's infinite. not... I think it's tricky because I always assumed that I guess people were choosing hell. Like if they didn't ask Jesus to forgive them, mm-hmm. then they wanted like they didn't care. And so what happens when they die? Like what happens after that? Like is that just um is that continued like where they just don't I don't know if I'm going down a path that we're not like that's not even helpful at this time but but like that I don't know I just I think that's where the it gets blurry for me is like do they just continue yeah you're, not wanting you're going down next week's path okay so you're still making it about you which which is a, you know, symptomatic, like a, a regularly recurring symptomatic issue in, among all American evangelicals. We're mm-hmm. taught Jesus is your personal savior. We're, we're taught to make this conversation about me specifically mm-hmm. and about other people specifically. Right. Like it's just, it's just them. Um, Jesus can be your personal individualized savior or not. Um, that is the, the sort of packaging right. that we're that we're handed. So you keep making it about that. And I, and I want to make it about that next week. I do want to talk about that particular issue next week. Like if people choose hell in this life and they do, 
we see people choosing yeah. hell here and now. Could they not also ch- continue to choose hell afterwards? And, you know, spoiler alert, I would say, I, I don't know what happens after you die, but yes, I think you can continue to choose hell. Yeah. I also think you can choose heaven after you die. Yeah. Um, even if you chose hell for your entire life. I also think to, that to say that everyone who doesn't know Jesus as their Lord and Savior is choosing hell mm-hmm. is missing some pretty major, that's got some problems with it too, because mm-hmm. we know people who don't believe in Jesus who live like Christ, right. who feed hungry people, who give their life away for, for the good of others. Yeah, because and Jesus I think there are lots people. of good people who who maybe they don't go to church every week or maybe they don't um, or at all. pray maybe, or I know read the Bible are, every day. Or I know people who are opposed to church and are really yeah. good people. Well, opposed or just like, yeah, I'll go like on Mother's Day no, or you're, Easter. No, you're skipping a category. I'm, talk, I'm talking. I'm okay. giving my example. Yeah, yeah. I, I know, but... Um, but like... Those people who, like, they they wouldn't deny Jesus. Right. Um, but wouldn't necessarily maybe claim that they're a Christian. Okay. Um, I, I mean, I, I believe they'll go to heaven. Like, if they believe in Jesus, and but they, yet they don't... They don't check all of the boxes that I have checked. <laughs> I got you. Um, well, you're what I was trying to say a minute ago. They're like, not choosing hell. Right. But they're not like, you know what I mean? Like it's it's yeah. almost like an in-between like. To me, the more interesting conversation is the atheist, is the, is the actual like humanitarian atheist yeah. who to me is just like, well, what do you do with a passage like Matthew 25 where Jesus says, you saw me hungry and you fed me. Mm -hmm. Like he's talking to people, you know, sort of a a prophetic vision where Jesus is saying, I'm going to, you're going to talk to me Mm -hmm. after you die. And a lot of you, I'm going to say, you saw me hungry and you fed me. So come on in. Yeah. And to me, like, I don't know how you don't put some atheists in that category who are, who their response to Jesus is like, I never saw you. I didn't even believe in you. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, when I saw somebody hungry, I fed them. When I saw somebody thirsty, I gave them something to drink. I visited people in prison. I marched for, I marched for my brothers and sisters when they were being murdered. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I did that stuff, but I, I didn't do it for you. Yeah. And Jesus says, "Oh yes, you did, because if you looked out for the least of these, you looked out for me." So Jesus's great reversal at the end of the day is kind of like, I don't even care if you got my name right. Hmm. Um, it's interesting. That is. Yeah. Again, all of that's for next week. For this week, we are not on trial. The people who choose no, that's not who's on trial. Jesus is on trial, as far as I'm concerned, in this conversation. The thing that I'm the most interested in talking about, my question for hell at the end of this, is does hell sound like something Jesus would do? Is Jesus the type of God, the type of person, because we do have him living as a person, Mm -hmm who holds grudges and who eventually repays evil acts with violence or repays being ignored with violence. Is that something Jesus would do? And again, you understand what I'm saying? Like, cause you keep making that you keep wanting to know, take it to the place. Right, of, right. I'm not saying like, don't do that. I'm saying we're going to do that next week. But for this conversation, it just, it doesn't matter. 
It doesn't matter what these people, what people choose. We're talking about Jesus. We're talking about what he's going to do. Is he the type of God who says, I'll forgive you if you ask for it. If not, you burn, bro. And I'll, and I'll do the burning myself. Is that something Jesus does? Is that what would Jesus do? Hmm. Does he teach you to forgive infinitely and completely, yet he does not? Right. That's the That's the first question. That's the forgiveness question. Okay. Yeah. We're not going to answer. I'm not going to answer that. I think we'll just. You're not? No. Okay. Um, Second category. Yeah. Do you want me to read these scriptures or just move on? Uh, I think the second category is the. No, I didn't read verse 38. Oh, yeah. Let's go ahead and read verse 38. That's okay. Matthew 5. Matthew 5, 38. Okay. Um. You have heard that it was said, for eye for eye and tooth for tooth. But I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to them the other cheek also. And if anyone if anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, hand over your coat as well. This is an incredibly difficult teaching to reconcile with the ultimate slap you back revenge plot of hell. Uh, I'll ask this question again. It's a pretty good sentence. Slap you back revenge plot? I mean... No, the whole sentence. Oh, oh, that was just what it was. Yeah, this is an this is a difficult teaching to reconcile with the ultimate slap you back revenge plot of hell. I mean, at the end of the day, the best theologies of hell are. I mean, eventually God's got to slap back. He has to. He's holy, so he has to slap back. He has to punish. Mm-hmm. He has to repay evil with evil at some point. Eventually, he has to. Eventually, yeah. he has to get an eye for an eye. He has to get a tooth for a tooth. Yeah. But Jesus is literally saying, these are Jesus's words you're reading. I don't know if right, we said right. that up front, but yeah. you have heard it said, an eye for an eye. You guys all think eye for eye, tooth for tooth. You think you got to slap back. Mm-hmm. But I'm telling you, God's not like that. Hmm. Um, I'll ask this question again at the end, but let's consider it now, too. Are we to assume that Jesus teaches us to live this way, but he does not? Is Jesus a hypocrite? Does that catch your attention at all, or is there anything there? I mean, it's definitely, yeah, it definitely makes me rethink a little bit of just like, well, (laughs) he doesn't go on to say, you know, you don't do this, but I will at the end of your life. Yeah. And even I mean, if he, he did, just, then what would he be teaching? I don't I don't think I would understand. I don't understand what that would even be. Yeah. He wouldn't be God anymore. Right. Well, it would. Yeah. I he mean, would, I think it, he would be. It would just be a God that. Well, but Jesus is here to teach us what God is like. So for me, the divinity of Jesus rests on, rests on the idea that we allow Jesus to inform our character of God. Mm-hmm. And if whatever character traits Jesus exudes and expresses and teaches do not look like God, then you have two options. You can either say, well, Jesus isn't God. He's just a teacher. Or you can say, oh no, I've created God in an image that doesn't look like Jesus and I want to be a Christian, so I have to fix that. So for Jesus to teach, 
when an enemy slaps you on one cheek, you offer them the other. And then he actually does it too. Like when he's taken under arrest, when he's attacked, when he's mm-hmm. what, he does not he strike back. Strike, yeah. Never once. In fact, he says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Mm-hmm. He says to them, do what you've come to do to me. He says to Judas. In fact, he washes Judas's feet before he says, now do what you have to do. He offers him communion. He shares a meal with him. He loves him. He allows him to kiss him on the cheek as a brother, as a brotherly greeting. And he says, do what you gotta. And when his disciples raise a sword for revenge, he condemns them. He turns to his disciples and he says, not you guys. These people, they're going to be violent. They're going to kill every one of you. They're going to kill me first and then they're going to kill every one of you. Us, it's not what we're going to do because it's not what we're like. We represent God and God's not like that. I don't know how you, I mean, you got to make something up. You have to decide either Jesus is God and that's what God is like. Or you have to decide maybe Jesus isn't God and he's just a teacher. And that's fine if that's where you arrive, but you're not a Christian. If you arrive at Jesus teaches us to do things that God doesn't do. Or Jesus teaches us to be ways that God is not. Or that he would change. Or that he would eventually become something else. Mm-hmm. And and that just wrecks the whole Bible anyways. Mm-hmm. I mean, if Jesus, I think that's where I I am at with it. Like, it is something you've said a few times. Yeah. I think that's been a real revelation or a real a real con- like I believe Jesus is perfect and Jesus is God and it's all you know like, but at some point he has to change. Something has to change after we die. Yeah, he has to stop being loving. Right. If yeah. I believe in hell, as it as it were, as you once did, as I once did, yeah. Um, because otherwise <laughs> he wouldn't be loving anymore. Yeah. He wouldn't be, I mean. Jesus would be throwing a party in the letting, attic for a few select people he while he actively tortured. He would be letting the devil torture us. Yeah. I mean, if that's, and even that is like just, that's a degree of separation that makes us feel better about it. But like, if he knows that, you know what I mean? Like, right. if you're not, if you're not abusing your children, but you know someone is downstairs right now. Yeah. Are you a good parent? Right. right. <laughs> are you, are we right. okay with that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Moving on. Um, oh, I'm on the next page already. Yep. Matthew so that 5, was the, that was the forgiveness category. Yes. Now we are in the love category. Yeah. Jesus teaches two love. fundamental bottom line things, forgiveness and love. Mm-hmm. Does hell sound like something Jesus would do? That's the question. So okay. that was all the forgiveness stuff. Here's the love stuff. Matthew five forty three. You have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. What now? <laughs> that you may be children of your father in heaven. What now? Because that's what God's like? Mm-hmm. That's what it says. All right. So everything, everything I was just saying, I just wanted to validate that here and say, right. I'm, not just, I'm not just blowing smoke and saying... You can't be a Christian and believe that God is not like Jesus. Yeah. Jesus is saying, love your enemies because that's what God is like. You want to be a children of your father? You want to be like your heavenly father? You want to be like God? You want to be like me? Mm-hmm. Love your enemies. That's what we do. Yeah. Um, he causes his son to rise on the evil and the good. What now? And sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. No way. 
Ooh, this is a pretty, this one's hard to argue. And this is the, um, I if, mean, I think I say this in a minute, but Megan, this is it. I know. This is, I mean, if you ask any stranger on the street who's not a Christian or any stranger on the street who is a Christian, what is Jesus? Who, what does Jesus teach? They say this passage. That's what they point to. Yeah. They're like, Jesus teaches, love your enemies. Bless those who persecute you. Jesus loves you. That's what Jesus teaches. I mean, that's probably the most common response you would get yeah. from anybody. You ask, yeah. like, what is, what's Jesus about? I don't know. Jesus loves you. That's, what, that's all I know. Yeah. Hmm. I think it's interesting. Not interesting, but just, I guess, cool that it even says on the evil and the good and the righteous and the unrighteous. Like, What are you going to do with that? Yeah. Did you ever hear this passage? I don't remember. Like I mean, camps I've, or youth oh, group no, no, or no. anything. No, I never remember hearing "Love Your Enemies." Uh, no, I remember that, but that's where it stopped for me. I don't remember the not rest of this. Ca- not without a caveat. Yeah. Well, I think, I think, I mean, we've already talked a lot about on this podcast. Um, a lot of the things that you we took from love our them, teaching, but not uh, how could we? But I'm just saying, like, how could they have taught? God sends the sun sends his son on the good and the evil and he sends rain on the righteous and the, and both of those are blessings by the way. Right. He's, right. he's saying like, you well, got to have rain to survive. You got to have sun to survive. Send, uh, what's that one song about? Yeah. Open the floodgates of heaven. Yeah. Let it rain. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you cannot teach. I mean, that's so crazy. You, you can't do heaven's gates, hell's flames. Here's Jesus welcoming daughter and damning for torture mm-hmm. mother and then also teach god uh causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous he loves his enemies you want to be a fa- you want to be like him love your enemies too because that's what god's yeah. like if you love those who love you what reward will you get what is that megan that's the next line by the way yeah. for the listener like verse 46 of matthew 5 if you love those who love you what reward will you? jesus is saying like you think god only loves people who love him first Yeah. Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that? And then he reemphasizes here at the end, verse 48. Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. This is probably the teaching that the separates teaching. the teaching that separates Christianity from many other religions and certainly the teachings that that separated the way of Jesus from many first century Jewish versions of ethics. So I want to offer two things to consider concerning this flagship teaching of Jesus. Number one. Ding 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 ding. Do you consider torturing an enemy to be an act of love? <laughs> Uh, No matter how bad the offense of the enemy and no matter how good the offended person was, isn't there a point once we've watched a good person torture another person by burning them over and over and over again where we'll say, wait a second, you don't seem good so good anymore. Isn't there a point where we'd start to wonder if the torturer was enjoying the opportunity to torture their enemy? Hmm. Fair question. Yeah, I suppose. Jesus teaches love your enemies. Mm -hmm. 
to is torturing an enemy in any way an act of love. That's all I'm asking. Yeah. Yeah. Number two. Ding, 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 ding. Does Jesus teach us to follow a way that he does not uphold? In other words, is Jesus a hypocrite? Is there a, no situation where you would say, the most loving way for me to deal with this enemy in my life is to torture them until they die? Then why would we assume that Jesus would? Hmm. There are obviously other... So I'm trying to say... Yeah. There's no way around the flagship teaching of Jesus. The main thing he says, love God, love your neighbor, love your enemies. You ask anybody, what's Jesus about? Why has the message of, why has the name of Jesus remained? Even just colloquially, what do we mean? Mm-hmm. Everybody's going to say, well, I don't know much about Jesus, but Jesus loves you. I know that part. Like that's, some, that's what I hear. I don't know what that means. I don't know what to do with it, but the idea is Jesus loves you. Right. And I'm asking two questions about it. Is torturing an enemy ever an act of love? Can, can you love your enemy and eventually torture them? Is that, is that love? Or do you have to stop being, no. you have to stop loving your enemy in to, order to torture them? You have them? to stop loving your enemy. Yeah. Um, and number two, the only other way out is, does Jesus just not uphold the thing that he teaches us to uphold? It's mm. the only other option. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, There are obviously other examples of the teachings of Jesus to bring into this conversation, but I just want to make a note that these are not obscure at all, right? These aren't beside teachings of Jesus. These aren't the main teachings of Jesus. These are. Oh, these are, sorry, the main teachings of Jesus. Is that fair? I Uh, feel like I've said that several times. I I mean, you would say like, this is it, right? Yeah. Forgive and love. I would say, yeah. This is, this is Jesus. What is the way of Jesus? If somebody said... Put it in a couple of words. Mm-hmm. You'd say, Jesus loves you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you Jesus might say, God, love God, love people, mm-hmm. love your love God, love your neighbor, love your enemy. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. That's what you would say. You would teach yeah. forgiveness. Like, what does Jesus mean? Jesus means forgiveness. What does the cross mean? Well, the cross is about the forgiveness of sins. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't refuse These that. are not right. B-side. Right. Stuff. There's obscure stuff Jesus teaches, and and if we took some of that and tried to turn it into theology, I mean, that would be one thing. I'm just trying to talk about, like, the big stuff. Yeah. When you talk to anyone about Jesus, even to people who aren't Christians, there is an agreed understanding that Jesus was all about loving your enemies and blessing those who persecute you and forgiving and loving and accepting people no matter what. So why do we still believe in a hell that requires Jesus to ultimately change the very ideas at the heart of this, his way? That, yeah. That. That, yeah. I think that's a, I think even that's a great starting question. (laughs) What? Why do we still believe in a hell that requires Jesus to ultimately change the very ideas at the heart of his way? (coughs) I do think it's it's kind of the question that we started the whole thing with. Mm. Is it? The redeeming. Yeah. Does yeah, God stop yeah, yeah. being a redeemer? Yeah, that's true. I mean, all of the questions sort of revolve around that. We have this God who is love, this God that teaches love, this God that and a God who somehow or another just either isn't mm-hmm. like that or who stops being like that. Yeah. And well, and. 
and for me, like, I still, it's probably very evident even in this podcast, um, I, I still don't like the idea of calling Jesus a torturer and, like, even just in these, these conversations, like, I'm not going to, I, I don't know, I, I just don't, it just makes me uncomfortable, um, going that route to me it's more about it, it it's easier for me to talk about I guess just like this like that last question like when I ask that question to me that's read it again ask it again for the listener do we still I know believe in a hell that requires Jesus to ultimately change the very idea at the heart of his way. Like if I believe this is who Jesus is, these scriptures, then something would have to change. Forgive if I believe infinitely and completely yeah. and love your enemies. If the, if that's right. what you believe about Jesus, then the version of hell that we once believed in. Right. Means that he has to stop that. Yeah. And didn't we read a scripture and that honestly, last week that was like, he has already stopped that. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Like it, we and I have heard that my entire life that Jesus never changes. Jesus is always love. Jesus is always yeah, um, perfect and and right. But it's, for some reason, it if if you don't choose him. Mm-hmm then everything changes. You have to go to hell. Yeah. No matter what, like, and, and, that, and you only have and until you, keep, you die. And, and that's different for everybody. Yeah. Like nobody's given the same amount of time. Or the same amount of information. Or the same amount of. Or the same experience. Yeah. Yeah. And, and mostly it's left up to me. Yeah. It's and left to up you. To, it's left up to largely American evangelicals. We're the ones with the most access to getting. Right. Well, I'm just saying like just a person, like a, a flawed person. Yeah. Who has had it wrong for a little while. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know. It just. That's where I'm at with it. Hmm. It's good. It's a good place to be at with it. I think uh, anybody who's been listening to this, um, we're, we're really grateful that you're hearing it. We're hoping that it's helping and that uh, you're getting to hear in real time as we kind of wrestle with it and, and deal with some of these issues uh, that are raised. This is how, in my opinion, I'm not saying we're really good theologians, but I am, I am going to say this is the only way to do theology well. It, it is to to look at what you believe, to look at the constructs that you have, and then ask the questions that follow. Ask, does this even work? Does this even fit? Is this, do I believe what I say I believe? I, I, I call myself a Christian. Are the things that I believe even Christian? Are they the things Jesus taught? When I say hell, do I mean what Jesus meant when I thought he said hell? When I say love your enemies, do I mean always and forever or do i mean love your enemies because secretly we know that we know what's coming for them yeah. <laughs> like that's not loving your enemies 
That's a trap. Yeah. Next week. Um, we'll wait, I was going to, I was yeah. going to tell a little story. I know we normally do stories at the beginning, but we didn't. So maybe I'll tell it now. Yeah. Let's end with a story. The other day unrelated I was talking. Unrelated to all of this? Well, or? it's just unrelated to hell. Yes. But we, I was talking to Addie the other day and she asked me, <laughs> I can't remember what she asked me. Oh, I was listening to, I was sitting outside praying and I was listening to like worship music or whatever. And she, she said, mom, is it Sunday? <laughs> I was like, no, why? <laughs> well, you just are listening to that music. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. So I remember thinking that as a kid too, but I was like, um, no, I was just listening to it. I was praying and listening to this and, um, and so I asked her, I was like, do you think we can only listen to Christian music on Sundays? And she said, no. Well, anyways, I don't even know what Christian means. And I was like, oh, you don't? And she said, no. And I was like, well, if you had to guess, what do you think it would mean? And she said, um, well, I guess I think it's like a person, like there are white people and there are black people and then there are Christian people. <laughs> 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 I was like... Um, well, no, not really. You should have asked her, well, what are we? Yeah. Are we white, black, or, or Christian? Christian? Yeah. <laughs> um, and so then I asked her, you know, I was like, well, I told her, I was like, well, technically the word Christian means Christ follower and, you know, explain that whole thing. And she, well, then Christian's not a very good word for it. If it means Christ follower, it should be more like, I mean, Christ fins or something, at least have the F in there. <laughs> That part doesn't make any sense. Uh, I don't know. She just she didn't she yeah. didn't get it. Like she was combining Christian and follower or Christ and follower. Yeah. And she just didn't think Christian was a very well, good I'm word. I'm glad for you it. explained it to her the way that you did. Um that Christian means Christ follower. Mm-hmm. Um because I do think and I hope that we model that for her too, that that's what it means to be a Christian, to follow the way of Christ. Right. And I yeah, yeah. Because I do think that we have um very often what gets handed down is that being a Christian is being a Christ worshiper. Mm. And, and those things just are not the same. There are a lot of people who love to worship Jesus, but not follow Jesus. I think a lot of the issues in Christendom, a lot of things that we've been addressing here for the last several weeks, a lot of things that we are even wrestling with, you know, in terms of what church should be like. Yeah. Um, you know, we've, we've asked the question before, (laughs) like, if we brought Jesus to one of our church services, what kinds of questions would he have? Hmm. And I think he'd have a lot. You know what I mean? Uh, I think, I think there's, there is reason to say it's okay to revisit some of this and, and say like, well, following being a Christian means following the way of Jesus. Mm -hmm. It means loving your enemies. Yeah. It means forgiving. It means whatever. It means that stuff. Mm -hmm. And so if, if Christianity doesn't look like that, if Christianity is in is in bed with things that are not about forgiving, that are not about welcoming the foreigner, that are not about loving enemies, yeah, that are not about blessing those who persecute, that are not about welcoming our own persecution, then it's not Christianity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nope. All right, next week we'll talk about sin and judgment and what kind of hell do we need what kind of hell does fit yeah into a christian uh biblical framework 